your body is all you have, right? It houses your mind and it houses your spirit. Treat it with kindness. Push it beyond its level of being comfortable, but push it to where it is safe. It's Evie here. Welcome to EML Radio, where we are always talking truth. All of those things you need to hear that nobody else is willing to say. Hey there. Welcome back to EML Radio. Today we're talking about one of my favorite subjects, which is exercise. But more specifically, we're going to talk about high-intensity exercise. And most importantly, like when and why did we become obsessed with using exercise as somehow a means of like abusing our body? So everybody has this misconception that unless your exercise program makes you hurt or chronically sore, or unless it's just super high intensity, that you're not getting any benefits from it. And the truth is, there really could be absolutely nothing further from the truth. So most of you guys know that I have a background in CrossFit. I was a competitive CrossFitter for about seven years. I definitely paid big, big consequences for participating in which was a sport. It started for me as just an exercise program, and I'm pretty competitive and mostly competitive with myself. And CrossFit served a really good purpose for me in helping me develop mental toughness. But as far as my body is concerned, man, it really kicked the shit out of me. And I am still kind of digging myself out of a lot of injuries and more importantly, a lot of hormone issues that doing chronic high-intensity exercise caused me. So when I talk to you about high-intensity exercise and the consequences of it, and more importantly, the fact that it's just not necessary. I speak, for one, from an educational standpoint because I know a heck of a lot about exercise physiology, but more importantly, I'm speaking from personal experience. And I think there's just a lot of things that need to be said and a lot of misconceptions that need to be cleared up. So let's just start with, okay, when did this whole concept of kicking the shit out of yourself in order for you to be fit? When did that whole thing even start? Well, I think most of you that listen to me are old enough to recall when kind of bodybuilding was, that was kind of the gig, right? In the, all through the seventies and eighties, bodybuilding and then like aerobic type exercise was pretty much the thing. So you had your strong, ripped out, awesome looking bodies from people that were bodybuilders. And then you had kind of like your fitness junkies that were cardio junkies, runners, and people that did nothing but like aerobics. I was one of them. Just so you know, I was a step aerobic instructor even when I was in college. Holy heck. But anyway, exercise kind of used to be separated into those two areas. And that's all we really had other than people that were in sports specific things that they kind of knew, especially fighters, did more high intense training, but the everyday Joe just didn't do that stuff. 
And then when CrossFit came around in the early 90s, I guess it would be, I don't know, you can correct me if I'm wrong on that date, but early 90s, maybe mid 90s, whatever. That is kind of the first concept of bringing the world of weightlifting and aerobic training together. But then throw in a whole nother level, it brought about high intensity or anaerobic training. And don't get me wrong, that combination can produce some really beautiful results initially for people. But long term, the consequences of that are just not worth it. And that's kind of what started this whole kind of fad of high intensity training. So you had CrossFit and you had all sorts of other programs that would come out there at your local gym, right? It was like boot camps and everything was like brutalize your body and, you know, you're a fitness instructor yelling at you and everything happened to be go, 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 go. You know, everything had to be hard and fast and you should leave there with the shit kicked out of you, right? It's really kind of the worst things that ever could have happened to the fitness industry. And not even to the fitness industry, but most importantly, it's kind of the worst thing that could have happened to the general public. Because as if people didn't already have enough hesitation or enough kind of fear or intimidation by fitness programs, now we told people that, well, if you're going to do real fitness, you have to get the shit kicked out of you. And that's just really not true. So those are kind of the programs that brought this about. And we really haven't gotten away from it. And I'm not going to go into, for this episode, a lot of the science behind why a lot of people that are doing these kind of short burst, what are so-called anaerobic programs, you're probably really not anaerobic because you don't have a baseline strength to even go anaerobic. But I'm not going to go into that because it's kind of sciencey and kind of geeky and it's actually kind of boring. Maybe we can record that with an exercise science specialist at one point. But for today, I want to kind of break it down into three different areas for you about why high-intensity exercise is not most effective, and then I'll give instances of why it's not effective from a physiological standpoint, like how your body responds to it. And then I'm also going to give you some really concrete thoughts about why it's actually not the healthiest for you mentally either. And then finally, like I always do, I'll wrap it all up for you with a final truth that will really help solidify my argument with you today and really getting you to think about why are you approaching your fitness routine as something that you have to do to kind of abuse or beat up your body. So let's just start with this. Anybody that comes off of the couch, just straight off the couch, you have never exercised and now you're going to do something, that person kind of has the advantage over all of us because the reality is that person can do just about any kind of movement and they'll see results. So if you've never walked, you've never run, you've never done any CrossFit, you've never done any boot camp, any kickboxing, whatever, HIIT training, Orange Theory, whatever it is, if you've never done any of that shit, Well, chances are when you start moving, you're going to see results. And it's not because the program makes sense. It's because you went from fucking not moving to moving, right? It's just like, it's, I call it the honeymoon period. And most people can get away with doing just about anything for about two years. In my over a decade of coaching, 
People typically came to me not when they were brand new, some maybe about 30% of our clientele. But the majority of people who came to me were people that had been doing kind of a lot of everything. And at the 18 to two year mark, they were like, uh, Evie, I think I need some more help because I'm either sore all the time, I'm starting to face injuries, or I've just completely plateaued. Right? And that's when they came to me looking for something a little higher level and something that made a little more sense. Okay? So once that honeymoon period is over, if you can survive it through that, then you really do have to get things dialed in a little more and your exercise has to be much more intentional. And I say if you make it through that period, because unfortunately, the vast majority of people out there, they go from off the couch to some fitness class where they're being asked to do jump lunges or fast movements. And what happens? They tear their meniscus, right? Or they tear their ACL. And now they're faced with an injury. They already were overweight and they've lost all of their motivation to continue because now that they're hurt. And that is the last thing any of you people that are trying to find something new for your fitness routine, that is the last thing you need to be doing. So hopefully you really, really take time to let this set in today. So why this doesn't work and why you don't want to come just bombing into high-intensity fitness, and even if you're well-versed in fitness, why you don't need to do it. Okay, so from the physiological standpoint, it comes down to hormone disruption. So I think pretty much everybody out there is familiar with a hormone that's called cortisol. Okay, Cortisol is kind of your flight-or-fight hormone. Right? You have a raise in your cortisol anytime that you're under stress. What most people don't realize is that stress does not have to come from negative factors. Stress can be exciting things, planning a wedding, building a new home, buying a new home, having a baby, right? All of those things that we see as positives in our life, that is also stress. And the unfortunate thing for our current civilization is that we are living in a heightened level of stress all the time. And we're living in stress when we don't even recognize it. And it's not because we may feel consciously stressed out. It's because we are constantly living with our central nervous system overstimulated. So constantly being on electronics, not getting enough sleep, not unplugging. God, look at all the stresses we all are facing now. I mean, these are really crazy stressful times. I'm a person that has really got some great skills under my belt and a lot of years of practice of managing stress. And I'll tell you what, this whole COVID thing and now our political environment, man, this shit has thrown me for a loop. So the fact of the matter is we're all living in a really high stress environment. And when we're living in that environment, what happens is our body is never feeling this rest and digest. We never feel at rest and digesting food and being able to sleep. We never quite tap into that part of our central nervous system, which is your parasympathetic nervous system. So we're always in this sympathetic state. And when we're in that sympathetic state, what is happening is we are just cranking out cortisol all the time. Now, don't get me wrong. Some cortisol is necessary. You have to have cortisol in order to survive. And when you first get kind of a scare, right, like you will have a surge in your cortisol and you actually will 
see some weight loss or fat loss. This is why a lot of newbies will see initial weight loss and then it all kind of stalls out. But I like to say that you can scare the shit out of anybody for a short period of time and they'll lose some weight. So you can do hard, intensive exercise for a short period of time and you will lose fat. It happens. The problem comes in when we are constantly exposing our body to high levels of intense exercise and we live in a constantly overstimulated, stressful environment. Then physiologically, this was what happens. And I'll try to keep it as simple as I can. Okay, picture this. When your body's under constant stress, it's like you running from a mammoth, right? Think about prehistoric man. You're running from a mammoth all the time, or you're running from tigers. That's what's happening. And you're pumping out cortisol in order for you to get away. But then what happens after you do that to your body for an extended period of time, what happens because your body's smart, your body's like, you know what? Kind of seems like to me that you like to live among mammoths. Maybe you like being chased by tigers all the time because honestly, this is what you're doing to me all the time. So then what happens? Your body will just stop producing cortisol. And when your body stops producing cortisol, that's where I've been for the last couple of years. Man, do you have a deep, deep ditch to dig yourself out of. You will find it impossible to lose weight. You will start to have massive sleep disruption. You will retain fat around your belly. I'm experiencing it. That's when you get to a really kind of deep state of constantly elevated cortisol. And my goal with today's recording is to help all of you not get to that level. So when you are hitting your hit class or your kickboxing or your CrossFit or your boot camp, or you're running 10, 15, 20 miles a day, you are digging yourself into a deep ditch. You are exposing yourself physiologically to way too much stress. And when you have elevated cortisol, you also store fat. Because think about it this way. Your body's like, I am just trying to survive right now. And if your body's trying to survive, it needs fat stores in order for it to survive. And then couple that high-intensity exercise with a poor diet, either poor quality diet or starvation diet where, you know, some of you gals, you're eating less than 1,500 calories a day. That is a recipe for long-term fat storage. And you guys, you're not immune to it either. So physiologically, we don't want elevated cortisol all the time. And when we're doing nothing but participating in hard, intense exercise, Every single day, and that's the only kind of exercise we get, it is going to backfire and you will see high levels of fat storage. Now, I want to make one thing clear too, this just popped into my head, is that some of you may be going, well, yeah, but I'm really not fat because I only wear a size six or, well, I would challenge you to to go get an in-body scan or do the bod pod, something like that, where you get a really accurate level measurement on your body fat. Because there are a lot of you out there that have dangerously high levels of body fat, but yet you don't look fat to the outside world. 
it's one of the things that's coming up over and over again when I'm talking about, you know, building immune system and, you know, protecting yourself against COVID. And you see all these news stories about these so-called healthy people that are dying from COVID and the, it's just bullshit. They're not healthy. You can't look at someone and know that they're healthy. You have to know what's going on underneath the hood. And a big part of that is how much body fat you have in comparison to lean muscle mass. So I kind of saw a squirrel there, but it's just really worth mentioning. So let me kind of just sum up the physiological response. High intensity means high stress. High stress coupled with all the other stresses in your life is a recipe for disaster. It's a recipe for injury, and it's a recipe for long-term adrenal fatigue at its worst, which is what I suffer from, and at its best, it's long-term just excess fat storage. Not good, guys. Oh, one last point on that is the other physiological kind of repercussion is that a lot of gals especially that are doing high-intensity training all the time and not eating adequate protein. Now, I'll tell you, I'm going to like really go out on a whim and tell you that 100% of you that are listening to this podcast right now don't consume enough protein. I guarantee it. In 10 years of coaching, I had literally one guy once, one guy in over 10 years that actually consumed enough protein. So it's pretty easy for me to just make the blanket statement that nobody consumes enough protein. Well, protein is your absolute building block for lean muscle mass, for your muscles, for all your connective tissue. So what happens when you have a lot of high-intense exercise and you're breaking down muscle fibers left and right, whether it be from long, intensive runs, sprint repeats over and over and over again, day in, day out, or any other high-intensity training, you're breaking down your muscle fibers. And then to couple that with you're not eating near enough protein in order to repair it. So then you go into what is a state of called catabolic state, where your body is actually eating away at its own muscle tissue in order to fuel itself. (laughs) That's just a recipe for disaster, not to mention from an injury standpoint, but guys, from the standpoint of recovery and avoiding injury and your body composition. So I always say it's like nobody wants the pancake ass, right? Everybody wants the peach ass, right? You don't get that by beating your body up every day and not eating enough. That's not how you build the booty. It's not how you build the great looking body. You don't do it that way. You are catabolic if you're going high intensity without adequate protein or adequate caloric intake. And then secondly, I want to just talk about the mental implications of this idea that you have to beat yourself up in order for exercise to be effective. Really just think about that. Like this one just really kind of pulls at my heartstrings because I love people, most people. (laughs) And I can tell you, it just like saddens me when people come to talk to me or people send me messages and how negatively they feel about their body. I get it. Nobody is immune to it. And so the last thing we want to do when we're trying to feel better about ourselves and take better care of ourselves and love ourselves just a little bit more so that we can love everybody around us a little bit more, the last thing we need to be doing is treating our body poorly with exercise. 
and wrapping our convincing ourselves that we have to like somehow punish ourselves in order to exercise. It's crazy. Really stop and think about that. Why would you want to do that to your body? Why do you want to wake up in the morning and go, oh, I can't wait to go kick the shit out of myself. I'm so worthless that I need to go punish myself in the gym. That's fucked up. It's completely fucked up. How about I love myself enough in order to take care of my body? That, you guys, is a game changer. When you can shift your mentality towards taking care of yourself and then also moving your body because you can, because you have two legs that work, right? Because you're not in a wheelchair or you're not incapacitated in some way. Getting to that mental state where you're like, man, I love myself so much that I'm going to take care of myself and I'm going to choose exercise and fitness programs that make me feel good. They're hard. They challenge me mentally and physically, but they don't kick the shit out of me. It's such a bad place to be when all you want to do every day is beat yourself up so that then you can eat more. (laughs) I call that like the dog behavior. You're not a dog. You don't earn your food. So you don't go beat yourself up in the gym so that you can eat cherry pie. That's messed up, right? You go to the gym and you move your body to create energy and create hunger, and then you fuel it with good, awesome, healthy, nutritious food and a little splurge here and there and things that make you feel happy and good and that don't make you feel like shit. That's the recipe. And none of that involves day in and day out intense training. It just doesn't. But I would be lying if I didn't tell you that there is one mental benefit to intense training. It provides mental toughness. And I'll tell you what, the whole reason I ever even got into, well, I first got into Sansu kickboxing, which I really actually fought in a gym in Houston with fighters, guys that were real professional fighters that taught me how to fight. And it was right after my daughter had died. And mentally, I was like, just obviously not in a good place. I was at the bottom of the barrel. I was like at the end of my rope in my life. And I never really had mental resiliency. And I had to have it then. I had to have it then in order to honor her and to go on and make the most of my life. And so I used that high intense training through Sansu kickboxing. And then I moved into CrossFit. And I used it solely to challenge myself physically so that I gained mental toughness. Now, that happened to lead me into a career of competing in CrossFit. But I have, you know, I had major shoulder surgery repair two years ago that I never fully recovered from. I would almost guarantee you that my other shoulder is probably torn too, of which I don't even want to know because I don't want to fix it and it doesn't cause me any pain. But the, my point is that I traded a lot of physical functionality and being able to do all the things right now that I love, I traded that for mental toughness. So for all of you out there, my words of wisdom are find that balance. Throw in a little high-intensity training here and there if you even feel like you need it. If you are just trying to stay young, stay healthy, be able to hike, move, travel, vacation, crawl on and off the floor with your kids or your grandkids and not be wiped out, then you don't need it at all. 
for those of you that are more the fitness enthusiasts, you do need it every now and then. It will help you build some mental toughness. And then it also does provide a exposure to creating new metabolic pathways, right? Which is definitely beyond what we need to talk about today. But for the vast majority of you listening, I just will kind of wrap it up here. Exercise should not be something that makes you feel bad about yourself. Exercise should be something that gives you energy and makes you feel good. You should not leave any kind of fitness program or class feeling like you need to go lay on the couch for the rest of the day. That's not intelligent. That's just stupid. Think about that. Your exercise should give you energy and make you happier and more excited about doing the things that you have to do during the day. It shouldn't wipe you out. The other thing that it shouldn't do is it should not be making you feel chronically sore. And I am going to here real soon record an episode just about recovery and why being chronically sore is just a sign of honest, like stupidity and that you have no idea what you're doing with your nutrition. Okay. But that's for another day. So you shouldn't feel beat up. You shouldn't feel chronically sore. And most importantly, you don't need to be approaching your body with punishment, right? So I'll leave you with this final truth. Your body is all you have, right? It houses your mind and it houses your spirit. Treat it with kindness. Push it beyond its level of being comfortable, but push it to where it is safe. And then pay attention to the signs if your body is not recovering, you are chronically sore, you have disrupted sleep, you have high levels of stress, or if you're retaining body fat. Those are sure signs that your exercise program or your exercise routine is not appropriate. So I'll leave you with that. One quick thing before we leave is a big part of proper fitness programming comes to how you fuel yourself. And, you know, you hear me say it all the time. We make everything so damn complicated. That's why we had to come up with these ideas that we all have to be doing just crazy high intensity fitness. We made it too complicated. And we've done the same thing with nutrition, which is exactly why I created my cookbook, the Colors Not Calories cookbook. So excited, guys. That is like probably about a seven-year project in the making of me formulating all of these recipes to make them super simple, five ingredients or less, 30 minutes or less, and to get everybody to simplify their nutrition by simply focusing on how many colors you eat during the day instead of focusing on how many calories. And after COVID came out, it's like, man, our cookbook got delayed by over three months and we finally have it in-house. If you don't have a copy yet, you definitely need to grab a copy. This first edition is limited edition. It will 100% sell out. And I don't want you to miss out on it because we probably won't produce this one again. We'll go into breaking it down into seasonal cookbooks in the coming years. So don't miss out. Make sure you grab your Colors Not Calories cookbook. Everybody's loving it. And I'm very sure you will too. So head over to evfats.com, super simple, and get your copy. Thanks a lot, guys. We'll see you next time.